show five shot fam i'm aj and wherever it is you get your pods subscribe share and leave us a good rating Welcome to another episode of Five Stripe Weekly and Atlanta United, of course, are out of the playoffs and apologies for the delay between episodes. It's been a lot going on in my life personally, but uh, yes, we have an episode for you this week. Uh, Playoffs are still happening in MLS and it's down to the final four. And yeah, uh, it'd be really great if Atlanta United were playing right now, but yeah, alas, uh, it seemed like a perfect time uh, to take a little bit of a breather after such a long season. So yeah, lots of news to touch on and let's get into it. Uh, Yeah, Atlanta United uh, have some awards uh, won, so yes, real, real good for at least the plaudits in uh, a down season, uh, missing the playoffs, of course. But Tiago Almada, he has been named the 2022 MLS Newcomer of the Year with uh, six goals and 12 assists. Yeah, definitely a really, really good season for Almada. Uh, yeah, probably and possibly could have gotten uh, more if uh, other players were performing around him but uh yeah you know remain to be seen just how long he does actually stay if he moves in the january january window or not uh that will be uh very interesting and uh that's something that we you know might be anticipating really um but it also could be the summer that he has moved as well but a massive season for uh, Tiago Almada uh, definitely carried us in a lot of moments and uh, definitely our most creative force uh, for the most consistent part of our season. But uh, yeah, congrats to Almada. And uh, yeah, you know, there is uh, another award that uh, we uh, picked up along the way. Uh, Jose Martinez, Joseph Martinez. Uh, he uh, voted by the fans. Uh, his goal uh, against the New England Revolution, the overhead kick, that assist from Brooks Lennon. Uh, yeah, I mean, just that bullet of uh, a bike was incredible and was voted the goal of the year. Uh, yeah, you know, we have uh, in yesteryear as well, Tito Vishalba with his against Orlando City. Uh, yeah, you know, it uh, it's not new grounds for Atlanta United. Definitely awesome uh, to see Jose Martinez awarded for that. Unfortunately, it of course was a little bit... Uh, yeah, the, the goal didn't really mean much uh, to a degree, and Jose Martinez couldn't really celebrate it. It was just like a very muted... I mean, we were, uh, you know, we drew it level. It's just like, or we even draw it level. We, uh, yeah, it was a consolation goal. And so it's just one of those, yeah, really great goal. But unfortunately, nothing, uh, you know, nothing to really come about it in terms of importance. But, uh, yeah, award nonetheless. Uh, and definitely, you know, Atlanta fans, they came out in full force again to vote this goal the winner and 
uh, presumably a lot of fans across the league as well. But uh, big news, uh, I'm filming this on a Tuesday for full transparency and MLS According to The Athletic, they are considering a massive change to its playoff format uh, for 2023. And uh, yeah, this uh, it may increase the total of uh, the playoff matches from the current 13 to roughly 30 next year. And yeah, it's uh, yeah, that's going to be very interesting. I mean, 30 postseason contests. Uh, one possible outcome would be to shift the World Cup or shift to a World Cup style playoff tournament. And uh, yeah, it's not completely clear, clear what it might look like, but it could possibly look like this is what uh, one of the sources, uh, according to The Athletic, that the top eight teams from each conference would qualify. Uh, and then these teams would be split into four groups of four teams each. And then groups would be segregated by conference. Uh, and then grouped with fellow Western Conference teams and Eastern Conference teams would only be grouped with Eastern Conference teams. Um, and each team would play three group stage matches, one against each other. Uh, and then, uh, you know, once... Uh, pretty much uh, against all three in there. And uh, yeah, the top two seeds in each group would host two group stage games. And the bottom two seeds would host one group stage game. Uh, the top two game or top two teams from each group would advance to the, an eight-team single elimination knockout stage. And then like the group stage, the knockout stage would also be divided by conference. Uh, and then higher seeds would also... Uh, host the knockout stage matches with uh, the Western Conference champion advancing to the MLS Cup against the Eastern Conference champion. And uh, yeah, they said that uh, this potential new format also noted that MLS could structure such a tournament that uh, it plays multiple group stages matches every night for nearly two weeks. So yeah, I mean, that would be crazy to cover. Uh, it obviously... Possibly has a little bit of, um, of of a stake from Apple TV. Uh, you know, they want maybe more product uh, to be shown, and uh, you know, to the other degree as well, where uh, you know, with uh, more games, uh, it's not as much of a blip as maybe MLS playoffs can be. Uh, especially, yeah, I mean, this season, it was pretty much, I mean, yeah, you blink and it's pretty much down to four teams. So it is, uh, yeah, interesting, and Apple TV would be getting their bank for the buck for sure uh, if, you know, every every kind of um, region tuned in to, uh, you know, their teams. So definitely very interesting, but, uh, yeah, uh, Sydney Hunt, he uh, he wrote uh, on Twitter that uh, basically that's uh, this equates to many as 53 matches for any MLS team. Uh, that's 34 regular league uh, regular season matches and up to six uh, U.S. Open Cup matches, up to seven Leagues Cup matches, up to six playoff matches, and. Yeah, I mean, that, that's quite a number. Uh, 53 games, 
you will have to have a deep squad to be able to handle this. And luckily, I mean, LA United, we uh, are not averse to paying for, uh, you know, the... Um, you know, the players and getting uh, enough talent in, but it's, uh, you know, how will that talent perform? And so, you know, I don't think I worry too hard about us uh, in terms of our depth. We will uh, shell out if we feel like, uh, you know, we uh, are wanting to compete in all competitions, but... Yeah, I mean, even just, uh, you know, the supporter shield as well. I mean, that um, I think is a, a big talking point here that the importance of it lessens and lessens uh, year by year. I mean, yes, 34 league matches, but uh, it ultimately means as much as maybe an, uh, you know, uh, an MLB um, division you know, crown essentially a banner, and uh, so that's really kind of all you really are uh, are getting there. And hopefully, that banner is bigger than the NYCFC one that uh, is displayed at Yankee Stadium. But uh, moving on from that, uh, yeah, Arthur Blank he spoke to the press and uh, he seemingly shored up the position of head coach Gonzalo Pineda. Uh, that uh, he also mentioned that and admitted that the team's recruitment and personnel is under assessment. Uh, one would probably assume that Carlos Bocanegra is uh, probably uh, the one he's mentioning there. But uh, he says, quote, We don't play matches to lose. We think we have a bright young coach who is moving in the right direction. We are assessing other areas of the club like scouting and personnel that we think are important. Uh, and yeah, that's, uh, yeah, to maybe some people's dismay, Gonzalo Pineda uh, has been, you know, kind of reassured of his, uh, of his position there. But uh, Arthur Blank was also asked by uh, the Twitter handle Steak Shapiro about the level of urgency he feels over getting LA United back on track. He said, quote, it's very, very high. It's extraordinarily high. Uh, and I think as it should be because it's, yeah, I mean, um, you know, this, uh, this is just not acceptable. I mean, you know, two out of the three seasons, uh, of the last three seasons rather, have uh, missed the playoffs and we... Yeah, I think we're seeing that malaise in the fan base right now. So, not good, not good at all. But Carlos Bocanegra, he also uh, spoke after the season as well. And he confirmed that Pineda will return in 2023. He praised Pineda as a bright young coach. And that uh, building continuity and signing players to Pineda's liking are part of the plans moving forward. Uh, Boca also said that he wouldn't be surprised if uh, MLS makes changes to uh, player acquisition rules mechanisms after the League's Cup tournament. Uh, and uh, maybe meant before because of the tournament. But uh, other bits and bobs. Heinemann, Emerson Heinemann, he had a quad injury that, uh, quote, uh, they weren't able to get quite right. Uh, but he will be training with the team in the offseason. And Pineda uh, said that uh, there was nothing that, <laughs> yeah. Gonzalo Pineda also spoke uh, after 
uh, this season as well. And he said he has nothing against Jose Martinez. And uh, yeah, he can very easily speak with him. And he said, quote, no major issues like uh, some of us may think. But uh, yeah, you know, Boca and Pineda, they uh, spoke a lot uh, about uh, various other things as well. And uh, yeah, you know, nothing too revelatory. But uh, Boca, he did say that he's unsure of his future. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's not surprising, uh, you know, considering that. There is a new uh, search for the president. Uh, of course, uh, you know Steve Cannon is uh, the interim uh, CEO at the moment. But uh, yeah, in terms of uh, other uh, notes from their conference, uh, he said uh, in terms of Pineda, he said that they have a clear idea on which positions to upgrade, but must speak with the players first. He said he believes in the club's process. Uh, if I didn't, I would quit. Uh, and he also mentioned that Marcelino Moreno has been an ultimate pro. Uh, he wasn't used as much because he needed to balance the pitch with uh, you know more uh, of uh, people that were more direct, maybe uh, running in behind as well. Uh, Panana, he also said he accepts the criticism and pointed out that the various injuries affected him and the team on a personnel on a personal level too considering what these guys had to play for uh, said the identity of the team is there with possession and various attacking stats uh, and uh, Pineda said he was very high on the academy uh, and mentioned high expectations of uh, Johnny Fortune and others uh, Carlos Bocanegra, this is interesting. He mentioned on Jose Martinez's future, there's nothing uh, been decided, uh, quote. We're still going to have discussions. We need to talk. Uh, and he also mentioned that there's one year left on his deal. And uh, yeah, there is a club option for the 2024 season as well. So yeah, uh, yeah. You know, when uh, Jose Martinez signed an extension, uh, that wasn't really mentioned, so yeah, I mean, there is uh, yeah, the uh, the very, very interesting bit that he's fully under contract, and um, yeah in terms of uh, Boca on Almada he said, quote, at some point he will go to Europe and play in the Champions League, I don't know what's going to come this winter in terms of transfer offers our thought is, he'll be coming back, but we know uh, eventually he will go um, and eventually as well, uh, not eventually, but uh, Boca, he said that uh, he would like to have Ozzy Alonso back uh, and uh, that LA United are in a good place with the salary cap. Uh, Ezekiel Barco is on a two-year loan and Eric Lopez is on a one-year loan. But uh, yeah, definitely interesting, uh, all those little bits but, uh, yeah, Jose Martinez, uh, you know, the fact that he is under contract and with a club option for the 2024 season as well, uh, yeah, that uh, definitely puts us in a more pole position uh, regarding him. And uh, I think that probably is, uh, is, you know, at least if we're trying to move him or if he's trying to move, we have a little bit more leverage. But... Uh, I think uh, another interesting bit is Ozzy Alonso. I mean, yeah, I think I agree it would be good to have him back, but the injury coming back from that, obviously, 
would be something of a question mark. Uh, as well, there is, uh, I think, maybe less of a worry because he's not that type of player where it, he needs to be explosive like, say, uh, Jose Martinez. But, yeah, definitely, um, you know, still you need your legs nonetheless. And he is uh you know, getting higher in age uh, in his 30s. But, uh, yeah, in terms of uh, moving on into MLS attendance numbers, Atlanta United led the league with uh, 47,116 average with 800,966 total uh, paid attendance. Uh, next up was Charlotte at 35,260 and Seattle at 33,607. Nashville at 27,554. And then rounding that out, to- Toronto at 25,423. So, yeah, definitely uh, we had a large portion, um, you know, in terms of uh, the biggest numbers in the league. And, yeah, I, I think you can see also, though, that the total number is down from past years. Past years, we definitely hit over the million mark. And, uh, yeah, you know, you can kind of see that, unfortunately, you know, uh, it's a trending downward kind of statistic. But, uh, you know, good to to note nonetheless. But, uh, yeah, should we get the band back together? Uh, DC United, they have fired... Uh, GM Lucy Rushton, of course, uh, she was formerly uh, one of our uh, stat heads, and uh, yeah, they've also let go some other uh, players as or not players uh, personnel as well uh, from their front office. But yeah, uh, Lucy Rushton definitely part of our success early on. Uh, definitely could be somebody that we bring back and and see. But uh, you know, I think it will be. Um, kind of contingent on what the new president, uh, in terms of when he comes in, what he will be thinking. But, um, yeah, what do you guys think? Should uh, Lucy Rushton uh, be brought back if uh, if it were? But uh, on Twitter, according to uh, Steve Fenn at Stat Hunting, that handle. Uh, yeah, he tweeted, My MLS wages charts show you payrolls across the league and salary disparities within each roster. Uh, he said, Thanks, MLS Players Association, for the data. Check out this interactive tableau public to see previous seasons. Uh, but largely, uh, it's more about this uh, table, which, uh, if you're listening on the podcast, you won't be able to see per se. So I'll kind of uh, dig through. Uh, audibly with that, but uh, the 2022 MLS wages, uh, you pretty much have uh, kind of a table of uh, who, uh, in terms of uh, players, are uh, you know paid a lot, uh, who are the millionaires, who are being paid in the 500 to 1 million, uh, and then who are being paid from the 100k to 500k, and who are being paid from the 66k to 100k, but um, yeah, the uh, in terms of LA United, they're fourth in the league in terms of that. Uh, yeah, with uh, 22.4 million uh, leading the league is Toronto with 32.2, uh, 
LA Galaxy uh, second at 27.3 and Miami at 24.2. So yeah, fourth in the league, missed the playoffs. Uh, you look at Philadelphia at the bottom of the league, only paid 10.4 million for their uh, incredible roster. Uh, New York Red Bulls, uh, yeah, are the last in the league with that. I mean, there's it's there's not a correlation between. Uh, in terms of how uh, high the wages are and the performance in the league. So, yeah, I mean, Toronto, uh, you know, definitely are one of those teams that uh, uh, lately have been struggling to uh, to make the playoffs. And, uh, you know, high wages, I'm sure, yeah, none are too happy there. But, uh, yeah, we shouldn't be too happy either. Uh, I mean... Yeah, we could probably allocate some resources a lot better, but uh, that's essentially uh, a very, very interesting uh, kind of gather from that table. But uh, last bit of news was that uh, from uh, Reddit, Frugal Z, uh, the most search club in every U.S. state, this map of the United States. And uh, yeah, for those that can't see it on the podcast, um, yeah, it's what you expect possibly for some of the states. Uh, of course, Atlanta uh, and Georgia, Atlanta uh, United are the most searched. Uh, Nashville, uh, Charlotte, uh, yeah, Nashville FC, Charlotte FC are the most searched there. Uh, Portland. Portland Timbers, Seattle, Seattle Sounders, but uh, yeah, a lot of these other ones are either Barcelona uh, or Chelsea or yeah, it's uh, you know Liverpool as well. Obviously, in uh, the kind of Massachusetts area with uh, you know the Fenway Group, uh, that makes sense. That's you know the uh, the owners there, uh, you know the soccer fans would be fans of them fans of Liverpool but uh yeah Florida Barcelona and I think interestingly uh Manchester United uh in Alaska is uh is a prevailing uh searched team there so uh yeah no uh, no surprise that Atlanta United are the uh the one that are searched the most in Georgia but uh yeah really really interesting map nonetheless but that does it for the news and pretty much the entire episode except for the question of the day and the question of the day is what uh window do you think Tiago Mata is going to move do you think it's going to be the January window do you think it's going to be the summer window or do you think it's going to be after a full season next season uh yeah I mean would you like him to stay would you Want him to uh, to move on so that uh, we can you know find someone that's a little bit more of a stalwart uh, creatively, so we can maybe gain a little bit more stability. Uh, you can kind of see that uh, the you know best players uh, for some of these playoff teams, yeah, they have some uh, some stalwarts that have uh, you know kept them really really good for a long time. Uh, you look at you know uh, say. Of course, Carlos Vela uh, in LAFC. You have uh, Andre Blake with Philadelphia Union. Uh, you have Hani Mukhtar with Nashville FC. Yeah, that's... Uh, and obviously, of course, Andre Blake is not a creative force. But um, yeah, it is one of those things where 
there might be uh, some some validity and truth to that so that we might need to explore. But uh, what do you think? Uh, what window do you think Almada should move? Let us know in the comments below. But yeah, that is the episode there and there. And that's it for us today. Remember to subscribe to us if you haven't already. Share this episode and leave us a review and rating so we can pop up higher in your rankings. I'm AJ. Thanks so much for listening.